0: Welcome to episode 184. On this one, I want to speak to all of those people, maybe you, who have tried loads of things and nothing really worked because one of two things have been happening. Either the program you joined lacked all of the things I mentioned in this podcast episode, which, to be fair, is a significant portion of the diet and nutrition world. Or two, you let yourself down by not committing to the journey. And so I'm going to speak to both sides of that coin. This episode is not for the faint of heart as it is full of real talk. I'm straight up on this one because sometimes a dose of reality is useful in a world where people use self-love and intuition as justifications for their poor self-management and food addiction. Not on my watch. (laughs) So if you're ready to hear about all the missing pieces and why you didn't quite make it through the last five programs you tried, then you're in the right spot. Hold on tight, strap in, and let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdown. What's up, my healthy friends? Good to have you back here on the podcast, How to Not Get Sick and Die. We've been kicking along for a while now, which is pretty cool. I uh, haven't missed a Wednesday, so, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back right here in the studio. <laughs> As you know, in 2022, which is... Hopefully this year when you're listening to this, if it's the future, amazing. But in twenty twenty two, it's my mission to coach three hundred people to get control of their emotional eating so they can lose weight and actually keep it off without counting calories or eating rabbit food. Now, I want to talk to that a little bit. I'm I'm kind of fired up today, so get ready for a Matty rant. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of fired up because lately I've been hearing and reading a lot of things uh online through different communities and and people speaking to me which obviously happens every day when it comes to nutrition saying that certain things didn't work for them and that doesn't work for for me this this didn't work for me and this this particular practitioner's method is terrible and I don't like working with that person because of x y z now I'm fired up about that for for on both sides of the conversation so as you know I totally agree that there's lots of practitioners and strategies and methods that are really toxic I'm very against diet culture and I think it really fucks a lot of people up Um, and what I mean by that is my experience is people that have gone into diets with temporary thinking which is exactly the type of diet uh, that you would have been marketed you know lose uh, 9 kilos in 6 weeks and get your money back or 10 kilos in 10 weeks or uh, you know Twenty pounds in in six months or whatever it is you know this short term thinking and and it plays on a part of the human brain, which is automation. Our brain is really excited about quick, easy, automated hacks, basically because we spend energy every day using our brain, right, so we spend time thinking and just like the car example I've used many times where you learn to drive a car in the beginning, a manual car, there's lots to do. You push the the clutch in, you find the gear, you don't quite know how to move the gear stick around yet, you look at all the mirrors, you look over your shoulder and kind of veer across the the line in the middle of the road. (laughs) Like there's a lot going on. And then a few years' time, you can basically drive 100 kilometers or 100 miles at 100 kilometers an hour and basically have a nap for the entire time. The brain is really good at automating systems uh, and routines and habits, which is why for many people we have these habits and we don't even really know why they exist or how they came to exist because the brain has perpetually automated them more and more and more and more and taken all the little um, shortcuts that it could possibly take in order to put you in a position where it's so amazingly simple, therefore the brain is spending less energy, less calories, less resources on that task, it can then focus on the next thing. It's one of the things that allows us to be able to build beyond a daily routine of just eating and sleeping, and having sex. You know, it's it's one thing that's like, oh, we can automate many of the processes and understand how those systems can be optimized. Now we've got more time and space to move to the next, you know, realm of society. And we build and build and build throughout our lives. And throughout our lives, we automate tons of shit, heaps of it, like... Most of our life is on autopilot. Now, this is the problem. Diet culture sells this type of problem. It sells this idea that, hey, we can just jump into your brain and make this this huge lifestyle change really easy. It'll be automatic. It'll be temporary. And then you'll be where you want to be. And your brain is like, oh, my God, there's a shortcut. This is amazing. Let's do it. Only to dive in and find out, you know, maybe even halfway in, that it's ruthlessly hard uh, and that it's unfortunately not how it's meant to be. Now, this is the side of the argument that I totally agree with everybody who's who's been on an experience that didn't go well, that failed, that feels like they were let down. I'm on your side. That's why my program, The Ultimate Energy Upgrade and the monthly membership that follows that called The Consistency Club, that's exactly why those two things exist because they totally oppose the conventional approach to dieting and, and all of the shit that comes with trying to be in your bikini body or trying to be, you know, a thousand times better in 10 weeks than you possibly ever could be, right? I am not for that shit. On the other side, I want to defend practitioners because there's a lot. There's a lot that is not communicated or not understood or not committed to or embraced by many of the people, maybe you, that you have been in a pro- when you have been in a process of a weight loss journey or a gut health journey or even curing a disease, these are exceptionally complex things. Your body is insanely complex. It is not a matter of body fat and food. It is so much more than that. And I'm going to get into all the things that contribute to that. Actually, today's list is not exhaustive. There is lots of things, but I'm going to talk to you about. The most important things, the biggest bang for your buck that have nothing to do with food that you absolutely need to engage with in order to have weight loss, in order to reduce your brain fog, in order to get more energy, in order to actually be happy in your own skin when you're lying in bed at night staring at the ceiling instead of beating yourself up thinking, shit, we did it again. Try again tomorrow, right? And there's a heap of things, right? And I'm going to start with one that... You probably have heard me talk about and you probably know, but I'm not here to bullshit you. One of the things that I pride myself on is that I will be real with you. I will be 100% real with you about what's going to happen. If you do not deal with your stress, number one stress, if you don't deal with your stress, you will not lose weight. It's that simple. You might lose a little bit. You might lose 5, 10 pounds, three, four, five kilograms, and then you will stop well, guess what you'll go on this cycle of like losing some and gaining some and losing some and gaining some because the, the the nutrition's just enough to move the needle and then you didn't change your um you didn't change your stress situation so it just kind of finds a way to bring it all back and what happens when we're stressed is it elevates adrenaline it elevates insulin insulin goes up when we have blood uh, sugar in our blood or sugar in the diet however when we're stressed Insulin goes up with cortisol. So therefore, if there's no actual sugar in the gut from digestion or in the blood, then it makes us hungry. It makes us crave sugar because it's like, well, insulin's up, get the sugar in here. So now we're in a situation where we're trying to lose weight. We're trying to fix our gut and our energy and our brain fog, and we're not dealing with our stress. So we've swapped out and probably reduced some of the insulin spiking foods, and cortisol is taking it up there without the presence of sugar in the blood. Therefore, you're going to be driven to eat. You're going to be driven to find a quick, easy, fast snack. And so you're, and, and a good way to think about this on an extreme case is shock. Have you ever been shocked? Have you ever had a car accident? Have you ever had a bicycle accident? Have you ever been scared? You can literally have this massive release of adrenaline followed by cortisol. And what happens in that moment is that it unlocks sugar stores. Because if you're scared or having a shock response, it's, it's essentially telling your reptilian self, your reptilian brain, we need all the defences possible and available and offences available in order to defend our life. We are about to die and we need to defend it. So we, un- we rapidly unlock all of this sugar uh, and this sugar is then available for you to fight, hurt, kill, hunt, defend. However, in the modern world, we have a car crash and we just sit there. <laughs> we have all of this sugar that's just been unlocked, all of this cortisol... And we then you know about the sugar crash, because usually after shock wears away, you are so tired, like you are so wiped out. Now, this is happening every single day, all day, on on smaller levels. This stressful thing, this stressful thing, this stressful thing, to the point you might not even actually notice you're having a stress response, because your baseline is stress. Not only that, is that when your stress is up... Your fat cells in the presence of cortisol actually make uh, your fat cells more mature and they basically settle in for the long haul. And so it makes it more difficult to actually burn body fat. It doesn't matter if you're nailing nutrition and getting up and smashing the gym. It doesn't matter because cortisol is inhibiting what you're doing. It drives insulin, which then drives glucose, uh, gluconeogenesis. So we're in a situation where if there's no sh- sugar in the blood, we go into gluconeogenesis, which is the breakdown of your muscles, uh, your amino acids in order to produce sugar for the bloodstream because you're having this cortisol response. And we're just forever on this situation of going round and round and round of like losing weight, not losing weight, losing weight, not losing weight. And so what happens as well, when we don't use that sugar that's just been put into the blood or created and put into the blood or unlocked and put into the blood, because we don't attack the lion or fight and defend our family from, you know, the, the devil tribe, <laughs> what happens is it goes back into storage and most commonly it goes onto the midsection. So most people in this world have belly fat, men, women, All of the people, kids, everybody's got it because of cortisol and stress. Even in the presence of healthy food, you can still have two people that are consuming the exact same amount of energy and food and calories, even though I'm not a fan of calories, but for this example, same amount of calories, and one will develop more visceral fat and belly fat than the other because in the presence of adrenaline and cortisol and stress, the body will figure out a way to start. Packing fat. That's a reality. So I'm here ranting about this because it's part of the process. If you do not factor in stress to your weight loss, gut health, disease journey, don't expect to have the outcome that you really want. It's not the practitioner's fault. It's not the diet's fault. Because if you're in my program, you know, or you listen to this podcast, you know that all of these things play a part, right? And It's a holistic approach to fixing these things. Stress is catastrophic to weight loss, people trying to lose weight, especially because as they're losing weight, they're usually finding ways to add more stress, (laughs) right? So we've got to find systems to manage this stress. It's not just nutrition and body fat. It's not just a unique one dimensional linear relationship. Okay, important for you to know that. Another one, hormones. Number two, hormones. Hormones like estrogen. We're in a very estrogen dominant world. Estrogen is a growth hormone. And guess what? Helps you pack body fat and increases the demand for body fat. Also, In the presence of uh, high estrogen, a lot of people have a lack of testosterone because the same types of chemicals and endocrine disruptors have opposite effects in the two of those. So we're in a situation where estrogen is demanding body fat and a lack of estrogen means you've probably got low energy, low libido, uh, you're not really interested in going to the gym. It's another hormone that is, when it's low, it's not helping you make decisions. Right, And so, we're, a lot of people are high estrogenic, in high estrogenic worlds or they're eating a very estrogenic diet and we know this and we can see this more in men, more obviously, because when you pack on body fat in the presence of excess estrogen, men pack on that body fat in areas of the body that are estrogen sensitive. Now, estrogen sensitive areas can be seen as female areas. And what I mean by that is with men, you see man boobs you see men uncharacteristically gaining body fat in their thighs and their bum. These are the areas that women uh, typically gain body fat because when they're having a baby, this is the this is the nutritional resources that surround the air, you know the storage facilities of nutrition and energy and fat that help fuel the growth of that baby. But we see this in men. So obviously women experience this too in and out of pregnancy, Um, but the problem obviously we're talking about is out of pregnancy when you're actually trying to lose weight. If we're having all of these estrogenic foods that are in our world, using plastic containers in our kitchen, uh, eating out of plastic a lot, drinking out of plastic bottles, uh, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of um, soy is a high estrogenic uh, thing that you can have in your diet. This plays into it. Again, you can be eating perfect nutrition and nailing your intermittent fasting schedule and the needle not be moving. I'm going to guess for most people stress is a part of it, but this too. We've got to figure out the hormones. Uh, and you don't necessarily need a hormone test depending where you are at. Like, you know, if your hormones are really up shit creek and we're really confused about the situation we're in, of course, I would say let's order a hormone test. But for most people, uh, we can do a lot of big work, a lot of transformational work dealing with the big rocks, not the grains of sand, right? So, and hormones is one of those, but the nutrition that we choose in order to influence those hormones is easily chosen without many of these types of tests. Additionally, many of the things in this list will positively impact your hormones, right? Stress, managing stress will positively impact your hormones. The next one, sleep. If you are not getting enough sleep, don't expect to be super successful with weight loss. It is such an important time for the body to recoup, repair, recover, heal, and even burn body fat. And if you're not getting enough of it, we're interrupting a heap of fundamental processes that keep you healthy. If you're interested in longevity or looking young or having nice skin, sleep super important, super important. And you might say, Maddie, easy for you to say—you've never had kids. And I'd say, fair enough for the first, uh, you know, five to ten years, I would say fair enough. However, after the first couple of years, you've—you've you've got to at some point you have to draw a line in the sand where you matter, because if you don't matter. Then you get to listen to my podcasts forever and feel shit about yourself because you haven't found a space in your life to put yourself as a priority. It's it's just a reality. You're probably just like, oh, Maddie, you're triggering me. if i'm triggering you good you're hearing shit you need to hear because we need to create space to care for ourselves you need to create space in order to prioritize yourself you are worthwhile caring about and this bullshit modern world that we're in where you you know apparently you get a badge of honor for putting everybody else first it's bullshit where's your badge of honor have you got one like i don't they don't exist Nobody's sitting at home being like, you know what? That person's a legend because they sacrificed themselves for everybody. I mean, yeah, maybe we'll hear a story from war about that and that'll be wonderful. Um, By the way, that person probably died um, sacrificing themselves, right? The point is that you matter. And no one's going to think less of you for prioritizing your own health. And if they do, guess what? They're off the fucking Christmas list. Tell them to piss off. (laughs) Unless you can speak to people in your world and say... I'm going through a journey, I want to change, I want to improve myself, I want to make changes and I really want your support because you know what, the life I've been living and how I've been showing up, I feel like shit, I feel crappy, I can't focus, I feel like I'm letting the family down, you know, if you really frame what you're doing in regards to your wellness to someone that's meant to care about you and they they, they are with you, amazing if they respond to that with ways to sabotage you and ways to not help you and not support you and judge you for it, they're out. That's, that's, I'm not bullshitting you. That like, if you keep them around, they will continue to drag you down. That is a reality. I've had people through my program that didn't get results. And it's because their husbands and their friends would give them shit on Friday and Saturday night. They would tear them down. I can only do so much to arm somebody against their own loved ones and social group in order to produce positive outcomes. But somebody's connection with me, the practitioner, or any practitioner, you know, pales in comparison to the influence that those uh, loved ones and people in your immediate family and circle have on you. So this matters. This matters. These connections matter and we need to actually foster an environment and create an environment in your life in which you can actually show up and be a version of yourself or even just simply experiment with being a version of yourself that is new and different and might actually mean that you have to say no to some things, right? It's the same with sleep. At some point in the journey, You need to say there's been some hard years, but at this point, even though I feel like butter scraped over too much bread, I have to start prioritizing my own sleep. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. And guess what? I know that we're all trying to give all of our children all of the opportunities that might ever exist. But if there's one thing that research has shown multiple times, it is that more choice and more options leads to more confusion, more overwhelm and more depression. So at the same time as giving our kids every opportunity to experience everything, it results in a situation where they're not sure. They lack identity they lack connection they lack re- relatability now anyway i could go into a whole conversation about that psychological research about kids the point is that somewhere in giving your kids and your family all of this opportunity you're cutting years off your life i'm i'm being deadly serious you're literally cutting years off your life not only that you might as a result spend 10 20 30 40 years dying, like beginning the death process. And yes, amazing. Western medicine can keep you alive, but nobody wants to just stay alive because medicine's keeping us there. We want to thrive. We want to play with our kids. We want to join them. We want to see our kids grow up and be able to attend the events and be a part of it. And we want to be able to see grandkids come along right and be active in that process be able to talk be able to communicate be able to play you know that's we don't want to be stuck in a wheelchair or ha- have a, having had surgery because we couldn't get uh boundaries in place 45 years ago do you know what i mean like and this podcast is all about real talk so if you're still with me cuz you know maybe i've been a bit fired up until this point if you're still with me you know if you're still with me that's good you've got courage to hear the truth because it's not just That diet doesn't work. It's not just this, this didn't work for me. It's because you didn't factor in all of these other things. And yes, like I said at the start, maybe there's practitioners that didn't bring all these other things to your attention and they didn't tell you that this has to be a lifestyle choice. That's why after my program, we have the Consistency Club, which has just expanded. We've just added seven new people, which is phenomenal. People that have been in there before coming back. And that's because being healthy is a lifestyle thing and life happens to people. People fall off the bandwagon. They need a community to come back to. After the fat diet, nobody's there. It's over. You're alone. And then, therefore, you fall into old habits. Not to mention most of those uh, programs don't have an emotional eating or psychological component, which is a major part of what I do because we need a personality and identity change and shift in order to be different permanently. So, where were we? Sleep. (laughs) Sleep. (laughs) <laughs> like, Maddie's so fired up. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. The next one, of course, I'm just going to touch on this briefly, is, of course, nutrition. Now, getting nutrition right is important. Diets that promote undereating, calorie counting, weighing of food are mostly toxic. Toxic psychologically. There's not many people that come out of those feeling great about food. They create food fear, they create obsession, and they're damaging to your psychology, which, therefore... Think about the other things we've mentioned. If we're in a situation where we've added weight to the psychology, what are we doing? We're causing stress. So we've got this, see, we've got this loop that's going round and round. We're in a situation again where we can't clear up any of the issues we're trying to work on because we've got a few pieces going wrong. More stress, sleep's not going to be as deep, not going to be as long. See how they're all interlinked? That's why it has to be holistic. I know the word holistic comes with a bit of a a weird hippie woo-woo vibe, but it's just a word that means multiple parts, right? We've got to give attention to multiple parts and you as a human have multiple parts, many parts. Now, the next one that I want to get into is dopamine addiction. Very few people talk about dopamine addiction. Now, this pertains to the fact that obviously I go big on mindset and psychology. Now, Obviously, we can talk about nutrition all day and sugar and how it spikes blood sugar uh, and insulin, and that causes cravings and brain fog and weight gain and all of the things um, and tie that in with sleep and hormones and stress. However, the thing that food does for many of us, whether it's healthy or unhealthy food, is that it spikes dopamine. There's lots of healthy food that spikes my dopamine because it's delicious. It's amazing. And dopamine is a hormone that is about pleasure, right? We get dopamine uh, when we're on social media, when we eat sugar, when we hug a loved one, when we see our kids do well, when we achieve something at the gym. Like there's lots of ways that we get dopamine. However, just like we're in an extremely estrogenic world, we are also in an extremely dopamine driven world. We've got hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions being pumped into Silicon Valley. Where there's flaws and flaws and flaws of psychological engineers that work for the sugar companies. They work for, you know, they created the bliss point in foods, which is the sweet spot for fat, salt, sugar, and in some cases, caffeine as well, which make these foods addictive. That's what addiction is fundamentally it's an addiction to dopamine producing experiences and production in the brain right and so we're in this situation where if we take sugar out of the diet and we haven't actually dealt with our personality that's craving this good feeling that goes towards chocolate or goes towards ice cream to simply enjoy a particular type of experience because it produces dopamine then guess what after your diet's over and you've limited your access to dopamine-stimulating foods if you didn't replace it with something, and what we call it in the Ultimate Energy Upgrade is the routine swap-out. And I would say almost everyone that I've worked with has found massive benefit from the the routine swap-out strategy because it plugs in right here. You have to swap those dopamine-producing behaviors or foods out with other experiences, other routines, that produce a similar or greater emotional experience. And fundamentally, we're talking about dopamine there. So it's really important that dopamine addiction is factored into this. And you can even start practicing managing your dopamine addiction by turning your phone off five minutes before bed. And then next week, build up to 10 minutes and then build up to 15. And this is the, the point that somebody says, Maddie, I use it as alarm, an alarm clock. And I say, if you're listening to this podcast, you are in the privileged part of the world. Buy an alarm clock. Solve your problems. (laughs) Stop looking for excuses, right? There's so many amazing... Alarm clock technology now is phenomenal. I have two brilliant alarm clocks um, that just... Oh, they're great. They could basically make me breakfast if I ate it. (laughs) So, it's important that we acknowledge dopamine addiction being a real thing um, and make sure that we don't, of course, swap sugar for another unhealthy behavior. We don't want to pull sugar out and then find ourselves just, you know, on MDMA all the time. <laughs> oh, fuck, we've gone the wrong way. <laughs> now, the next one's going to be a bit hard hitting, right? This is, this is really calling some people out. Um, and don't get me wrong, just because I'm up here on my soapbox right now doesn't mean that these things don't pertain to me as well. Um, I also slip into situations. I also need people in my world to hold me to a standard. I also need people in my world to support me and be okay with the way that I do things when I want to change or upgrade. Um, and I, I regress too, I'm a human. Um, but it all comes back to this next one, which is self-respect. If you do not work in a system that helps you cultivate self-respect and you might hear it as self-love, I think they're interchangeable, but when I say self-love, I don't want you to think mushy and soft and, oh, if I love myself, then I'll let myself have the ice cream. That's not self-love. You're not respecting yourself in that scenario. You're finding a loophole in the system because when people find loopholes, they're slippery slopes. They're really just one-offs, right? So when I say self-respect, if you're someone that has given yourself away, given other people your time and attention without focusing on you first or not even just first but without having you as a priority in the priority list at all <laughs> even by the end of the day then you lack self-respect you lacked self-love and no diet no practitioners going to be able to break through that unless they're working on that right which is a part of what i do and that's again why the consistency club exists because yes in 10 weeks some people say to me maddie you're all anti-diet culture and yet you've got a 10-week program <laughs> This is exactly why the Consistency Club exists because it takes time. It takes time to lose weight. It takes time to rewire your personality, which is, you know, you spent the last 45 years creating um, or however many years, you know, like it takes time and it's not going to take the same amount of time. Like it's, it's, I know that I often use the, the mountain analogy, but it's not going to take 45 years to walk down the other side, but it's also not going to take, you know, three weeks, 28 days, you know, eight weeks, whatever it is, you know. So it takes time. So the first, you know, 10 weeks in the Ultimate Energy Upgrade, that's intensive. We go deep. We learn a lot of things. We go one tweak a week. And then when we get to the end, everybody's at a different stage. And so we move into the Consistency Club to support this long term behavior change because developing self respect and self love, yep, you'll get, you'll feel it here and there. But in many other programs, you'll never even entertain the idea of this concept because. People don't think it's important. People think fat loss, gut health, brain fog, sugar management, all those things. They think it's just food and fat, food and me. That's it. And it's not. It's all the things I've mentioned and this is the most important one because if you nail self-respect and what that looks like is actually being committed, the amount of people I've spoken to that said XYZ diet didn't work and I actually dig into the conversation, they're like, yeah, well, actually on Tuesday I went out and uh, yeah, I had a few beers on Friday and it's like, okay, so you tried that methodology for three days in the last four weeks, (laughs) you know, or three days each week. Unfortunately, that's not how it's going to work. And when we say that there shouldn't be you know, labels of good or bad food or whether there shouldn't be really harsh rules, I totally agree. However, if we move into a space of self-respect, then we're in a situation where we can actually start identifying what helps serve us and what does not, what is helpful and what is harmful. It's a different approach to rules. Rules are going to trigger your inner child. When there's rules that say, nope, you can't eat the chocolate, nope, you can't do that. It's never about not being able to. It's about being able to and choosing not to. It's a very different psychology. One is self-respect, one is self-sabotage. They are opposite ends of the spectrum and you need to know how to build self-respect rather than try and use willpower to manage self-sabotage because you're never going to win. Well, if you have, let me know. Bottle that shit, make a billion dollars. <laughs> but self-respect looks like boundaries. It looks like turning your phone off at a certain time. It looks like not replying to clients or to family after a certain time. It looks like saying, I don't want to eat there anymore or I need to eat differently at dinner time or I can't have this food or this drink or this whatever anymore mum or honey or whoever it is, right? It's laying boundaries and it's being committed to the process. It's seeing it out. It's knowing by the end of it, you can say, yeah, that really didn't work for me because I tried it every single day all the way through, and it didn't work. And there's just so few people that can actually say that because they didn't factor in all of the things that we've just talked about. Stress, hormones, sleep, nutrition, dopamine, addiction, and self-respect. If you nail self-respect, boundaries, commitment, and self-love, then the other things are going to just become a priority. Dealing with stress is going to become a priority out of nowhere. You'll be like oh, where did this come from? Like all of a sudden I feel more relaxed. I'm not attaching myself to things and beliefs and people and, and what they, you know, doing what they want me to do as much as I used to be. Um, and you know what? I feel good. It's like when I got deplatformed from Instagram, there was an immediate shock and then I felt amazing. It was this weight off my shoulders, less stress in my day. <laughs> so good, so good. Remember too, this world's geared against us. All these sugar companies, all these food companies, all these social media companies, all of these you know, uh, products that are out there, everything is designed to make you feel like you're missing out. Everyone on the internet is trying to sell something, including me. I'm trying to sell you a solution, right? I want you to jump into the ultimate energy upgrade because I believe it will change your life if you're it. It will, guarantee it. Whether it be the psychology, whether it be the nutrition, whether it be both, it'll change your life because we do things differently. I do things differently because I've seen how much all this other shit lets people down, which is the motivation for this podcast. I want you to be real. I'm being real with you right now. Fat loss, diet, it's not just food and me. Food and fat, stress, sleep, nutrition, dopamine. Short-term thinking is another one, right? If you you think the extremely complex system that is your body is going to fix itself overnight or in just a couple of weeks when it's been a fair bit fucked up for the last 25 years... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We've got to be real. We've got to chip away at it. One tweak a week. We're going to take one step. We're going to master that. We're going to take another step. We're going to master that. The reality is life is always going to be busy. It's designed to distract you from what's important. And call me a conspiracy theorist, but unfortunately, in this capitalist world, it's true. Everything you look at on Facebook, uh, every, all the ads that you see are designed to get, distract you from what's important. You are important, and until you believe that, and until you prioritize yourself, fat loss—anybody's program, nobody's program—will work. It won't work. It's and just using nutrition and blaming the tools is not going to work either, because we've got to factor in these other things. So, this is me fired up as usual. <laughs> I hope that you're still with me because this has been. This might have been a bit of a confronting episode, and I, I would want to come at you with ruthless compassion because compassion, because I understand I'm a human. I have had issues with emotional eating throughout my life, and probably continue will continue to do so because I'm a human. I have stress. I have trouble laying boundaries sometimes between me and work, and you know between me and certain people because I'm a human. <laughs> However. I have people in my world that pull me up, that call me out. that you know. And you can call people out lovingly. It doesn't have to be savage. So remember, you're a human and it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fall off the bandwagon. But unless we factor in these other elements, not much is going to change. No matter how much money you throw at the problem, no matter how much food you buy or meal prepping you do, yeah, sure, that'll, that'll help. There'll be a, that'll be a percentage of the pie. And it's a different percentage for everyone. Some people, the nutrition is maybe eighty percent of the solution. Some people, stress is eighty percent of the solution. But because we're sold this idea that you know fat and food are the only two things, and sugar and all this stuff, it's yeah, we're in this, we're caught in this delusionary state that we're doing things incorrectly, or it must be us. And unless you've got a practitioner guiding you to look at all of these other things, or a podcast like this one, <laughs> um, yeah you're going to miss what's really important and that leads to all sorts of horrible outcomes. So if you're somebody that really does want to dig into some of this stuff, the psychology of self-respect and self-love whilst also learning about nutrition, then I encourage you to join the Ultimate Energy Upgrade because this is what we do. (laughs) This is why it's different. This is why many, many people come through this program and succeed because it's different to everything else that's on the market that they've been through before. Some people have dieted 25 times. And they're bigger than they've ever been. They're more bloated than they've ever been. And they just feel really crappy in their own skin. And the goal is to like feel good, to wear dresses and clothes that kind of make you feel sexy, you know? So if that's where you want to head, then I encourage you to join the Ultimate Energy Upgrade because all of this stuff in a ruthless, compassionate, loving, caring, supportive community is what we do. And guess what? We don't cut you off at 10 weeks. We dive into the Consistency Club and we've had people in the Consistency Club for over a year that are just plugging away one tweak a week, making small changes, and over time, the entire trajectory of their life is shifting. It's not not just a, you know, they didn't just pop their toes in and have a dabble for a little while, and now they're back to their old selves. They're here to respect themselves, to love themselves, and to transform, and I really want that for you. I really want you to be there. So in order to do that... Head down to the show notes below. There's an m.me link where you can contact me. It's and yes, it's really me. So send me the word program, and we can have we'll have a bit of a conversation. See if you're a good fit for the program, uh, and then we'll get you in to the next intake, which is you know have been successful this year, really successful. We've packed out every single one. So um, if you want to get into the next one and you want to touch on all of these things and and you understand that it's a holistic journey and you need support changing, then guess what? I got you back. I'm your man. <laughs> Come and hang out. Anyway, legends. Show notes for all of the relevant links that I may have mentioned, which I think is just one. Um, share this on social media. If you know some people that need to hear it straight and that can take it, uh, share this episode with them. Tag me on social media everywhere except Instagram. But please still share it. We want to we get ourselves out there to the world, helping more people do diet and nutrition differently the way we do it, which is the way it should be done. Um, that's a wrap, gang. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you uh, allowing this space for me to be real with you and trusting that uh, I'm delivering the goods. (laughs) Thanks for being awesome. Thanks for listening to this show. And thanks for all of your ratings and reviews which have been piling in on Apple and Spotify lately. Thank you. It helps so much. And I will catch you on the next episode